Welcome to the Players First Podcast, where we showcase the stories and journeys of professional basketball players and their continual growth in knowing who they really are. Today's guest is Miles Bowman Jr. Miles is a professional basketball player who plays for MBK Riker Tomarno of the Slavic Basketball League. We talked to him today about his life's journey, losing his parents at a young age, overcoming so much to do what he loves to do and become what he always wanted to become. Welcome to the podcast, Miles. Uh, happy to be here. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. I, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, this is a new, Absolutely. yeah. Now this is a new platform I'm rolling out, and uh, and I really do appreciate you taking the time. I know you're uh, you're on the other side of the world, basically there in Slovakia, and yes, uh, and I just want to you know here again thank you because I know uh, you're busy, practices all that stuff, and so taking the time to be on is is really uh, a blessing for me. So let's go ahead and get started, man. Uh, how were you introduced to the game of basketball coming out of Winston-Salem? Well, coming out of Winston-Salem, um, I grew up playing this game of basketball. I loved the game a lot. My first basketball goal was uh, on the barn out of a yeah. milk crate. The wow. carton of it, what a crate, yeah, my dad cut the bottom of it out and nailed it up against the barn. Um, we couldn't afford a basketball goal at the time. Yeah. So when he did that, I mean, I just looked at it as it, as if it was a basketball goal. So that was very important to me. And if he went out his way to do that for me, even though we couldn't afford it, I started playing with it. Then I actually fell in love with the game. Um, I feel like he could do that. I can fall in love with this game for him as well. And that's where it all started. That's good stuff, man. I mean, we all got humble beginnings. Most of us, uh, most, oh, of us yeah, most of us don't have a silver, didn't have a silver spoon in our mouth. And uh, so, yeah, yeah. Man, that, that's that's good stuff, man. Really good stuff. So, you know, kind of going to kind of your childhood and knowing mm-hmm. kind of what you've been through and you talk about your dad and then your mom as well, uh-huh. you know, ha- losing them at such a young age, six and seven years old, man, when you're when you're going through that kind of uh, developmental time uh, in your early childhood. What was the most challenging part of losing both your parents, man, at such a, at such a young age? Uh, yeah, that was, um, it was a tough moment for me, uh, me and my brother and the rest of my family, uh, losing my mom and dad back to back years is, um, I would say it's uncommon, but now it's more common, um, as you grow up and get older, but I mean, I lost my mom and dad before they got to the age of 30. Wow. Um, so right now I'm pretty much the same age as my mom and my dad before they passed away. I just used it as, um motivation for me to keep going um i didn't i harped on it for a while i still think about them every day yeah but it was just a, it was a tough moment for me in my life and that was very challenging for me but i used the little things that they left behind for me to remember them uh, my mom giving me my first bike my dad giving me my first basketball goal i just used that to keep them with me here in spirit as well yeah that means a lot i think for uh, for the, anybody out there listening who's ever lost a parent and a, a loved one that was really really close to them, uh, you know, keeping their memory alive by your lifestyle mm-hmm. and by the things you're doing and the way you're striving and grinding to accomplish what you want to accomplish because that's what they would want for you. At the end of the day, it's like their goal 
was to make sure that little boy grew up to be a productive member of society, a, a real man, not just a man by age or by name, Absolutely. but a real man who's actually getting things done. So that's great, man. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's tough, but you learn from it. And I think that's what human beings need to do more of. When we get, when we take an L in life, mm-hmm. uh, turn it into a learning process, turn it into Absolutely. an opportunity to grow. So, yeah, man. So coming up through high school, what was your playing experience like? What was that like as far as, you know, were you were you the guy? Were you, you know, what what was what was going on with that? Yeah, I, um, I actually wasn't the man um, in high school, not until my senior year. Uh, my freshman year, I got cut from two teams. Wow. Um, they told me that I wasn't good enough. Uh, they told me I was weak. Whoa. Um, Obviously, I was tall for my age being in high school, but still, I still didn't make the team. I wasn't that good. I wasn't that coordinated. So my freshman year, I played JV. And then my sophomore and junior year in high school, I transferred to Quality Education Academy in Winston-Salem. I was coached by Coach Pitts, Isaac Pitts. He is currently still the head coach there now. But the reason why I went to that school is because he had brought my brother over to that school. And my family wanted me to go there with him. Yeah. But my sophomore and junior year, I didn't play at all. Um, I sat the bench, but it was a learning experience. I got better at practice. I just used that to help me as well. But when my brother graduated, I left and went back to Parkland High School my senior year, where I started off at. And I ended up doing some great things there, winning the conference title, uh, making the all-star team. For putting up the most points in the game in Parkland School history, which was 56 points and uh, 22 rebounds. Wow. Um, I did that, and that's how I got a name for myself off that one year. But I used getting cut twice and not playing at all as motivation for me to work harder. The coaches saw something there. Um, they told it to me straight up that I wasn't good enough, so I just used that, and I practiced a lot more than what I was doing before. And it ended up getting me to good places. So, yeah, you talk about that, man. Let's kind of touch on that. When people tell you you're not good enough, there's two trains of thought. Either they're being really honest with you or they just have, like, this really high expectation of you or of what mm-hmm. you need to bring to the table. And like a, you, like you're talking about here again, turning a, somewhat of an L into a motivational tool mm-hmm. to get you somewhere. And obviously it worked because that was something that, you know, you, a lot of kids, man, if they really are weak, if they really, I mean, in the mind, mentally, uh, they're not gonna be able to handle that. But given mm-hmm. here again, going back to your experiences as at a young age and everything that you've been through, being told you're not good enough probably didn't mean like the end of the world. It just meant like, okay, right. I'm gonna get better. Uh, I'm not good enough today, mm-hmm. but wait till tomorrow. And, uh, in, in that program, yeah. quality education, man, that's a great program. That's, uh, yeah, yeah. What, what was your experience like there in that environment where it was like high level players everywhere? Um, it was a great experience. Um, I cannot take nothing away from that. Even though I didn't play in games as much, I still got better at practice, yeah. Yeah. uh, mentally and physically. Um, being on a team, we was ranked number one in the nation. Yeah. We won back to back national championships. Everybody on the team was ranked but me. But, I mean, I was still enjoying my time there, practicing with them, as well as getting better. 
when the coaches before that, uh, when the coaches told me that I wasn't good enough to make the team, I just used that as motivation. I pouted, yeah. I told them that they was wrong in my head. I didn't physically tell them that. So when I had another tryout, they told me the same thing. I wasn't good enough. So then that triggered something. One coach didn't tell me. Two coaches told me that within a matter of a year. So I just started working on my game a lot harder, elevating my game, working on my shot, post moves, getting stronger. And it just helped me a lot. Good stuff. Now moving forward from from your high school experience and and from your time there even at uh, at Parkland you know graduating mm-hmm. and all that uh you know going to Delaware State to start off and then transferring from there you know what were some of the you know yeah. the challenges you had in college you know and and cuz we all go through transitions right in life and so much so mm-hmm. from a high school kid going into college and then to you know to different universities uh how important was it for you kind of to live out perseverance like you've had to do your whole life? Yeah, with um, Delaware State University, um, that was a very, very tough situation that I was in because I went there on scholarship. And when I got to the campus, I got moved into my dorm, everything. Got my passport, um, everything. Um, then the college tells me that some of my credits didn't transfer over from quality education academy to the university. So they made me redshirt my first year and I had to pay for my college tuition. Wow. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm seven hours away from home. I'm on campus. They telling me I have a week to figure out if I want to redshirt and pay for college or do I want to leave? So in my mind, I'm like, well, I'm already here, and I was committed to playing here. So I played there my freshman year. I sat out my freshman year and registered, paid for college, got on scholarship my second year. And that was an okay experience. Um, I did some pretty good things, but I could see that it wasn't a fit for me at that university. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that, that means a lot for guys is a fit uh, because sometimes you see a, a name – you say, oh, man, I want to go there. Or mm-hmm. you uh, you have a good relationship with the coach because the assistants are really hard on you and, and coming after yeah. you, pursuing you, and you build a good relationship. But then at the end of the day, you got to look at what's the fit, man. Am I going to like that town? Am I, does the student body kind of mirror what I'm right. used to seeing, or can I adjust? Uh, so there's a lot of different things. So I, I've always preached to, to high school players when it comes to making a decision. It's got to be about fit. It's got to be about the culture, and it's got to def- definitely got to be about your your future, your career, like what you're going to major in, all that good stuff. And do they even offer it? So, yeah, no, you're, you're speaking you're speaking volume. So then going to high point, uh, well, were there any challenges that you needed to overcome? That you know, have even having the su- success you had there, uh, what were some of the challenges yeah. associated with that? Um, I had a lot of uh, challenges with that um, at High Point. Um, after Delaware State, I went JUCO. Played JUCO, was doing great. That's when the injuries came about. Yeah. Um, then I transferred to High Point, and I had three knee surgeries within a matter of two years or less. Wow. Um, so my college days went from playing four years 
to playing only a year and a half of basketball. And I was in college for six years due to injuries. Wow. When I transferred to High Point University, they welcomed me with open arms. Even though I was injured, they still gave me a scholarship. They still believed in me. Even though I got injured two more times there, they still believed in me. Uh, My senior year, I ended up being the first all-tournament team selection since 2007. That was right back when I came off an injury. And it was amazing Um, hearing that, seeing that, and then coming back playing the way that I played thanks to the coaching staff and my teammates and the people I surrounded myself with. It was amazing. That's amazing. That's that's good stuff, man. That's what uh, that's what I think for anybody listening. Uh, that's what hard work, perseverance. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you talk about your knee injuries. How many AC, How many times did your left, your right ACL? I mean, what what yeah. was how kind of walk me through that? Like, what were some of the injuries that you had suffered during that time? So my first year um, in JUCO, I blew my knee out completely doing a normal move that I always do, a simple Euro step. Um, I tore my MCL, my ACL, and my meniscus all at once, and that recovery was a year. That's tough. So I was a month or two away from being cleared. Now I'm at high point doing therapy twice a day, two to three hours each session. So I'm doing six hours of therapy each day because I want to get back. Yeah, I know how much I love this game. I know what I was willing to put into it and how much hard work I put into this game. So the two months come, I started dunking again. I ended up landing wrong on my dunk at High Point University, and I felt my knee shift. I got another MRI, and it said I had torn my ACL and my meniscus in the same exact spot. Wow. So now I went from two months to being cleared to back to a year, doing the same thing I did over again. Third time I had got to practice. I was practicing. A year go by, I was at practice getting clear. I was about to play the next day. I'm excited. Um, Then my knee just shifted. I felt something, but it didn't really trigger me. So I wanted to get it looked at, and they said I had torn my ACL again. So now I never got cleared. I was two months away from being cleared. And then I was getting cleared to get ready to play in the game. I saw the light. Uh, all this work was about to pay off to me, and then I tore it again. So now that put me back in another year. Now they're questioning me, do you still want to play this game? The doctor's telling me I won't play at a high level due to all the knee surgeries on my on the same leg. Um, it's not possible to keep playing at this level that you're playing at, and you want to play professionally with three knee surgeries all within a matter of two years. Um, I've been hearing bad news all my life. Um, I just used it as motivation to keep going. Um, I know when my body tells me, okay, Miles, it's time to give up. It's time to stop doing that. But I feel good. Um, I ended up playing through all of that. Wow. And I'm still playing to this day. Yeah, man, that's a (laughs) – wow, man. That is an amazing, amazing story to go through all that you've been through and to still be to this day playing professionally. It's just amazing to me. Like when I read that and I was like, whoa, this is just, I don't know. I, the fortitude, you said you've been hearing bad news your whole life. And then you get some My good whole life. Yeah. So it's like, what are some of the sacrifices that you had to make to get to this point 
you know, in your life? Like what sacrifice, what did you give up? What did you put aside? What did you, you know, because there was a lot that was, that, that happened. What, what did you sacrifice to get here? Um, I sacrificed a lot. Um, especially after the injuries, um, I sacrificed a lot more than that. Um, I did whatever it took for me to get back healthy on the court. I did, um, like I said, I did the rehab again. I kept doing that. Um, it got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm going to start waking up at 5, 5.30, 6.30 a.m. just so I can get another session of therapy in. So now I'm going to sleep early. Yeah. Um, I don't go out. I try to finish my homework early just so that I can do more rehab for my knee, just so I can do a little bit more to get back there out there on the court. Um, and I sacrificed a lot. I sacrificed some of my friends, uh, some of the friends who told me to give up. I, I put them on the back burner because given the time, I'd like to surround myself near positive people. Yeah. Um, hearing that is like, it's not good for me. I want to hear, keep going, Miles. You can do it. If you feel you can still do it, do it. And I just kept going, kept chasing it. That That's great, man. I mean, that, that's it's a lesson to learn for, for other players out there. Like there's some people that are in your circle that you don't need. You need to X them out of your circle. <laughs> you, Absolutely. Need, you need to get them out because um, I think the best people in your circle is people that empower you to make your own decisions and then support you once you've made that decision. And uh, that's great, man. That's just a great, a testament to, to what I think there's always a plan for our lives. And if, mm-hmm. if we understand that and we put faith and trust in it, uh, it's all going to work out. You know, those sacrifices Absolutely. have really paid off. So kind of going to that moment, man, when you first realize that, man, I'm a professional, like all my hard work paid off. What was that moment like for you? Um, um, signing my first contract professionally. That's the moment I knew I was a professional. Yeah. I only have a year and a half worth of college film out of six years. Yeah. And teams and the team took a chance with me after knowing my injuries. So after I signed my first contract professionally, it just brought me to tears. Um I was I was like, Wow. Like I'm really a professional basketball player. This is my dream. Yeah. Ever since a child, seven years old, shooting on a milk carton yeah. crate cut out nailed to the barn this was my goal uh, and I made it and I just used everything and I looked back at everything I'm like wow after your surgeries after the doctors told you you won't be able to do it after people told you to give it up I finally made it and I shocked a lot of people once I signed my first professional contract I think the best part is you didn't shock yourself I think you knew it was coming Absolutely. you knew it was coming so you expected it man you spoke it into existence long before and then when it came when it manifested and it came to fruition i mean it was just like you said brought you to tears man that's that's fantastic man i kind of vicariously kind of felt that for you when you said that because i was like man that's good you know you deserve that you know given the hard work i I hardly ever say that people deserve anything i quite honestly like i just don't i don't ever say oh they deserve that nobody deserves anything they didn't work for and so yeah you, you definitely deserved it so Give me an idea of some of the challenges associated with playing 
you know, pro ball in another country because that is an adjustment, I think, for most uh, American mm-hmm. players in the first place. Yeah, so the first adjustment I made was my sleep. <laughs> that was the very first thing when I got over here was my sleep. Yeah. And then you look at practices. Now it's your job. Yeah. It's like working the nine to five. It's your job. You got to clock in on time and you clock out. You have to be healthy. You have to be in shape. But some of the challenges was me was my body, adjusting to the food in another country, yeah. figuring out what I need to put in my body to help me and what I need to stop doing and stop eating and stop drinking. Yeah. Um, I used to drink a lot of soda as a kid. I cut soda off in college. I stopped drinking it completely. I may have one here and there, but I took that out of my diet and I took fried foods out of my diet. Wow. It'll feel a lot better. Um, as an athlete, if you take just some of those things out of your body, uh, me personally, because of my knee, because soda is a bone thinner and that's not good for me. And that was one of the main challenges is figuring out, okay, what am I going to eat? What am I going to put into my body? When do I need to eat? When do I need to sleep? Um, when do I need to start stretching and doing yoga to prepare for basketball? Yeah. So that was some of the challenges that I faced over here. Uh, you said, couple of things there man like as far as soda and all that you know having a healthy mm-hmm. body and a healthy mind too because you're talking about sleep sleep is so underrated like I don't think people really understand how important it is like especially even more so when you're a professional athlete and your body is your business you know what I mean like that's gonna, that's yeah, what's going to take you everywhere and if you don't take care of it yeah you're going to suffer uh, physically and then mentally because that's the next thing mm-hmm. to go man is like you you get messed up when you can't do what you've been able to do for all your whole life or for a good amount of time at that high of a level so yeah man i appreciate you talking about about sleep and health because i think a lot of players in high school if you're listening that is important even where you're at yeah. you might think i can wake, wake up eat cereal go to lunch have a bunch of sugary stuff and doritos and all that stuff and and sodas and and then think you're going to just walk up on the court and just perform and flip mm-hmm. a switch. You may be able to do it. Come out. Yeah, no, it all come out in the wash. You can do it then. But remember, whatever you're investing or whatever you're, you're sowing, that's what you're going to reap. And so I just, you know, good stuff, man. I appreciate that. So what do that you, true. yeah, man, what do you feel the game has given you back considering all that you've given it? Oh, God motivation um a purpose playing this game um being able to play this game that i love Um, it makes me feel like i've accomplished everything i needed to accomplish in life especially for my parents Uh, it gives me hope going out there on the court playing the game that i love it's like peace to me yeah nothing can go wrong you get out there on the court you start shooting with any sport that you love you get out there, you start playing your sport. It's like you forget everything because you're in your happy place. Yeah. So the game is giving me back hope, motivation, a purpose. It's just, it's, it's a grind. Yeah. Now you, and, and I think every, every human being needs those things to, to not just exist because a lot of people mm-hmm. just exist, but to actually live, man, like you want to live. And all and all kind of the the things that you've experienced with life and the loss of life, you want to live, man. And I think, like you said, it's definitely motivating 
It brings you hope for tomorrow, and uh, that's good stuff, brother. I appreciate that. So Absolutely. what advice would you give young players, like guys in high school, maybe young college players uh, who are currently looking for help in their personal lives because of things that they've mm-hmm. gone through uh, so that they can succeed like the way you did, how you kind of went through everything you've gone through? What advice would you give them? I would just tell them to never give up. Um, be coachable and learn how to take criticism at an early age. Yeah. Just because someone say you can't do something, you can't do this, you're not good enough, just use it as motivation. Work harder. Um, maybe you have a little injury. Maybe you have an ankle sprain or I want to take the day off. Don't think of it that way. This game can get taken from you really, really fast. Wow. Really fast. The blink of an eye, you can lose the game that you love. And then you overthinking everything. Now you're thinking of a plan B off one injury. Don't look at it that way. And don't take this game for granted. Please don't do not take any sport, any game that you play for granted. Because like I said, you can wake up and this game can be taken away from you. You can slip. This game can be taken away from you. So practice and playing your games like it's your last. Because I learned that lesson after my first injury. That's when I knew, okay, this is out of my control. This is out of my control. This this can get taken away from you that fast. Wow. I like what you said. It's out of my control. And the things that you mm-hmm. and the things that you can't control, you gotta find an outlet to hand that over to. You you gotta figure out whatever I can't control, I need to release. I just need to let go of it. And whatever mm-hmm. I can't control, I'm gonna do with all my heart. I'm gonna do it to the best Absolutely. of my ability with excellence and with the motivation Thank like you. you talked about. Yep. Good stuff, man. Absolutely. So Miles, what have you learned about yourself throughout your career? Because I think when we, you, all the things you're talking about, you know, there's, there's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, lessons learned. There is life lessons learned. What have you learned about yourself throughout your career? I learned to um, accept criticism um, for myself. At a young age, I got hit with criticism a lot. Um, sometimes I let it get to me. Uh, which always didn't lead to good things. So as I started to grow up, play this game, I learned about myself that, I, okay, I need to take this criticism, take it and use this motivation. Um, I also learned how to be patient. Yeah. I also learned that patience is very, very key. Um, even though everyone has the same clock every day, yeah. um, you have 24 hours in a day. Now, how you use that, that's on you. Yeah. But I learned to be very, very patient with everything that I do and, the, and all the decisions that I make in my life. Yeah, I think about, is this decision going to benefit me or is this going to hurt me? So I learned myself to be patient and accept criticism. Wow. Because it will come. Yeah. No one would give it to you straight up. No one would be completely positive with you all the time and not be negative and throw some criticism at you. It'll happen. You know, I talked to a lot of college coaches and uh, high school and even some professional coaches. And, and kind of one of the things that I always ask them is about criticism and feedback and how do they process it. And I think when you learn how mm-hmm. to process feedback and use it and take it as a help, not a, not, Oh, you hurt my feelings because that's really what it is. You get into your feelings when, yeah. when people tell you that, but if you turn it around and like you're saying, use it as motivation to get better. 
Oh man, that's Absolutely. great. That's that's maturity, man. That's what you're talking about. Patience. Yeah. <laughs> that's you gotta have some <laughs> you gotta have some thick skin. Yeah. You gotta have some thick skin because the minute you try and spaz or <laughs> yell at your coach because he criticized you, you either off the team or you lose your job. Yeah. Off one mistake. Yeah. Off one mistake. Yeah. Or you yeah. are you sitting on the bench and can't figure out why. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> so, Absolutely. So Miles, uh I end every podcast with this question because You've said so much that has let me know what your what I think your legacy could be, should be. I mean, that's just me as an onlooker. Like, there's so much I think through your story, through your experience, through your mm-hmm. life, you can help a lot of people with it. So, like, one of the things I always ask everybody is, what kind of legacy would you like to leave as a player, and how can you build on that right now? I want to leave a good legacy. Um, especially for my son. Um, I want to leave down uh, behind the legacy. Okay, this man played through all of this. It's a proven, it's a study, a proven study that you can't play basketball at a high level with multiple torn ACLs. Yeah. I want people to know that they can keep going. Oh, Miles Bowman did this. He played professionally for such and such years with three torn ACLs on the same leg. How did he do it? If he can do it, I can do it if I just put my mind to it and work hard. So I want people to know that, okay, you may have injuries, but you can always overcome those injuries and keep playing the game that you love if you really work at it, if you really put in the time, the effort. I mean, it's not easy. This route that I took, it was not easy. I didn't make this route. I I saw the route. And I had to take it. I can't say, oh, I'm not going to do rehab this day. I'm not going to do that this day. I'll do it tomorrow. You can't do that. Yeah. You can't look at it that way. So I just want to leave behind a legacy that just keep pushing, keep working. Miles, I appreciate your time, brother. I really do. I think, uh, man, special things in line for you, my friend. Like a lot of good appreciate things. It. <clears throat> just by here again sharing your story and I'm glad we're going to get this story out because I feel like this definitely needs to be heard. I think every guest we have needs to be heard. And and that's why we're Absolutely. that's why I created this platform so that your story like a lot of other players stories can get out there and be of help, be of service and be an inspiration to a lot of people, adults and kids cuz I I have a, my, my baby sister, she's 24, 23. I forget how old she is, but uh, she had two uh, a, she had two ACL tears, one on the left leg, one on the right leg. Uh, wow. You know, persevered through that, graduated college, is in graduate school, is working for TSA at an airport. I mean, she just, she, she persevered wow. through a lot of things and worked hard. And so I, I, I kind of see your story and mirroring hers as well. That's so, amazing. yeah, man. So I think there's a lot of people who need to hear y'all's story. And so here again, Miles, thank you so much for being on. Uh, I'm very blessed by what, you, by what you've said in, in your life too, man. It's, it's, real, it's, a, it's a great blessing. So thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Players First Podcast. Please be on the lookout for more episodes on any platform, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and also get up-to-the-date news at Twitter at Players First Pod. Thank you so much for listening. You are appreciated.